Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm Anxious AF. Welcome back to the podcast. For our first episode in our interview series, we're focusing on how the coronavirus is affecting people with families. You'll be hearing from two people who have anxiety, not only when it comes to living with multiple people in a small space, but also being in industries that are shut down because of the pandemic. The first chat you'll hear is with my friend TV. Yes, like television. She lives in Brooklyn with her husband and her 18-month-old son and works as a production designer in the television and film world. We spoke about living in a small space with a toddler, the temporary halt of film production, and the impulse to buy Pam cooking spray at the supermarket. Quick note, we recorded this about a week into social isolation, so there are definitely no more trips to the movies or bars in our current situation. And also, every interview in this series was conducted virtually, because, you know, no one can be in the same room with each other till at least 2025. That was meant to be a joke, but you never know. Anyway, here's my interview with TV. Then that's one thing, but it is extremely fucking hard to be in the house with a toddler that's, like, pre-verbal. Like, because he don't understand why we're not going outside, and he don't understand why we can't run full force from one end of the apartment to the other and just, like, slam shit on the ground. If I die during all this, Sarah, it's because our downstairs neighbors came up and murdered us. Like, they bang on the ceiling. I I mean, I kind of feel bad. I also, like, they know we have a baby. There's a lot of factors, but... How old is your son now? 18 months. So like old enough to run, but not old enough to like understand anything. Mm. (laughs) Like, so it's like, you know, and then when we go out, obviously we don't let him go to the playground anymore. Like since last weekend and we don't, we like take him to, we're lucky we live near Prospect Park. We take him to like whatever field is like the least populated and let him run. But like, as soon as there's another person or a dog or whatever, he's like very extroverted. So he's like, let me go over and see what they're doing. And then you have to be like, no, kid, you can't like, like anytime. Then once I pick them up and I'm like, you can't go over there. Then it's just like full tantrum, like screaming, crying. Like, why can't I investigate the situation? So it's been a lot. <clears throat> and I don't even have a fucking job right now. And I'm like exhausted just because trying to keep them quiet while Phil's working is like not easy. I don't know how people, I ran into a mom I know when I was out on the street yesterday and we stood six feet apart and had a conversation. And she has two kids, like an 18-month-old and a four-year-old. And the four-year-old has work from home from preschool, like classes. She's in school taking classes online for being a nurse. And her husband is a fucking Brooklyn College professor. So it's three of them in a two-bedroom apartment where the kids share a bedroom trying to, like, fit in everybody's online time with, like, quiet in the background. So I was like, everybody's suffering right now. And anyone, no offense to you, Miss Sarah Carlin, but anybody who's been out here on social media, which this has not been you because you're a smart bitch, but anybody who's out here with no kids, like I'm so bored. I'm like, I hope you get a paper cut. Like I, I can't, it's turned me into a very like vitriolic person in that way. Like I saw a couple walking their dog in the park yesterday and they just looked like so carefree. And I was like, I hope you both like burn your tongues on your coffee. Like like, I hope that this is, I hope you guys break up at the end of this. Like, I hate you. Like, oh, I honestly, to be honest, I never thought of that. Like, I never, I mean, probably because I'm only like, I only have a few friends that have kids at this point. 
right now. So I think yeah, I just never thought of it from like, it. A, like I just never thought of it from like, yeah, I'm so bored. But then it's like, but if I had responsibility, you know what I mean? If I had, people- I mean, it's not even like responsibility. It's just like this kid will wreck himself on our fucking furniture over and over again. Like he's straight up, he's at the age. And like, I guess I didn't really understand or remember from when my brother was little, like how much of like a death wish kids this age have. Like, he will just climb to, like, the top of whatever piece of furniture he can get his hands on and, like, jump. And he has, like, no fear. Like, I am shocked this kid's not concussed. He's, like, tried to climb up the side of his crib and parkour off of it. I mean, it's a mess. It's, like, a fucking, like, like, he's, like, running across our bed and might fall off of it. It's four feet off the ground. Like, so my anxiety, and that's, like, regular for me being home with him between jobs anyway, it's just like heightened now that it's like, there's no option to be like, let's go to the playground and like tire you out or like, let's take you to the gymnastics place or let's take you to like whatever. And he's also, like I said, he's really social. So he's also just getting sick of us. Like he wants nothing to do with me. Like he's like, I'm tired of talking to you. I'm tired of seeing you. Like where are the other kids? So I don't know if it's better or worse. My friends that have slightly older kids or much older kids that can talk, I think it's harder. My understanding is it's hard because they know what's going on, but they like, they're kids. So they're like, what does that got to do with me? And they're like, why can't I go to the movies? Like, why can't I go to like, whatever? Mm. And you got to be like, you can't. And they're like, but why? (laughs) So, so yeah, I don't know, man. I really... I thought that I like was fully prepared when I got pregnant for like the idea that like you're giving up the privilege of only having to worry about yourself. But like it is so stark once you're in it, like it's big. So so then also like, too, like the side of like, I haven't talked to anybody yet. That's that's like freelance in the film. Oh, girl. TV land. So that's also another like you, you know, have a family and then, you know, there's nothing shooting right now. Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's not, not great. Good. I wish I like could more articulately describe for you and the subjects or the audience of your podcast that I'm like having a lot of anxiety about it, but I think I'm like past it now. I don't know if you're getting that a lot from people you're talking to this week, but like they're it's past like there's anxiety. so much anxiety, it's almost like canceling itself out. I just feel like it's all like so far beyond my control and especially like I'll be really honest um, and blow my own spot up. Like I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of bookings this year to begin with. Like it was not shaping up to be a great year so far, which is like not good already. Um, I had a feature that was coming up that didn't have a green light date yet, but we were like really close. And that's obviously postponed like indefinitely at this point, which is scary because that was like the only big thing I had. I guess I never thought of it that way before, but it's like not having things like South by Southwest and, um, you know, can is canceled now. I don't know if you saw like all that stuff. It kind of keeps the machine moving forward. So like, it's not just scary that they've shut down location permits and everything else, which obviously it's good that they did that. I'll be honest. I think my anxiety was at a peak on like, what was it Monday or Tuesday when I started seeing on social media that Vancouver shut down production and was like sending people back to America, like all those CW shows and like, I have like people I kind of know like from college and stuff that are like involved with shows like that. And everybody was getting like emergency sent home in like the middle of the day. And that's what I'm seeing. Like 
between like all the art department groups I'm in, some of which are international and like there's a lot of international people in those and it's like there's no production happening anywhere. Nope. So the the ripple effect of that. And then when I see ads, I'll tell you when I see ads that are about COVID-19 and they look like they have new footage in them, it makes me want to scream because I'm like, they dangled an absurd amount of money in front of some poor little production company and got them to come out and shoot this at the end of last week or whatever. I mean, it's easy to say it now. Like, it's easy to look back now and be like, God, we were all so dumb. Like, I went to the movies last Saturday. I mean, I wiped my seat down and everything. Like, my friend and I, like, Koroxed the whole row. Yeah. But, like, I look back and I'm like, yeah, probably shouldn't have done that. Like... Yeah, I went out for brunch on Sunday, but only with like two other people. But I was still like the restaurants were dead, and I was. Oh yeah, we went to a bar afterwards, and mainly because we we walked like seven blocks in Brooklyn to find a bar that didn't have that many people in it. Which again, that was like everybody was still out, and it was so nice last Saturday. But like, but then like we left the dude like a thirty percent tip because I was just like I don't we we knew that like people are gonna get, and I'm pretty sure that bar's closed now. All my friends that are bartenders are laid off. A yep. lot of which have families like restaurant workers are laid off and oh yes. my god it's so bad and they're in the i feel like the service industry is insane both the film industries in which is like i don't know like they'll get back on their feet faster when things come back around but like no one's working and no one's gonna be able to pay rent i truly that's why my anxiety is like so like phil and i were like my husband and i were pretty broke when this started and then he was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Because you're not going to be able to work. Like, what's going to happen? And I was like, you know what, though? But everybody is broke now. Yep. Like, so that's kind of why I'm not as anxious as I thought I would be. Because I'm like, I, I what are you going to do? You're going to take, like, the last $5 I have? Like, like, we don't have rent. We don't have rent. Like, good luck. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if they do this rent. If rent freeze actually happens, I mean, that would be great because no, literally no one is making anything. To. I mean, we, we're fine this month, but it's like May. Ooh, I don't know what's going to happen there. Like, and what are your options for like making money online? And that's the other thing too. I got really like, I had a day where uh, Monday or Tuesday where my anxiety was crazy. And I was like, my coping mechanism was like, okay, well, what can I research to like get a plan in place, right? And like, that helped me a lot. So I started looking into like, okay, like getting paid to take like surveys online or getting paid to translate or transcribe online. Like what can you do to make money that's like online? And there are some options out there. I would highly recommend if there are people that don't have kids that don't have a job right now, like go ahead and look into all that stuff. I've heard you can make pretty good money, like tutoring Chinese students over Skype. That's like a thing you can do. Um, but uh, I can't do that with a kid in the house. <laughs> like, like I'm like, when am I doing these things? Like I'm going to stay up all night and do them. I don't know. Yeah, really. So, um, yeah, it doesn't feel great. Has there been something that's been surprising that you haven't been able to find when you've gone out shopping? And has there been yeah, any impulse? That's a good one. Has there been any impulse buys that you've made in this in this time as well? So, grocery store stuff has been weird in our neighborhood. We live in Prospect Lefferts Gardens, so it's a it's a rapidly gentrifying area, which I could talk for like another hour about, but. So we have like a bougie white, per- what I call the white person grocery store. They have been mobbed every hour of every day. I went to pick up Mexican takeout last night because it was kind of like our last hurrah getting takeout. We just wanted to like support this local restaurant. And I was like, let me maybe pop in and get an ice cream. And it was like the line was like seven deep. Nobody was standing six feet apart, which made me feel fucking crazy. Mm. And <laughs> I don't, I wonder if anybody else is having the urge in public to just be like, move back. 
Like move apart. I literally said, I literally said to my friend, he texted me, he was in line at uh, a grocery store and I was like, he's like, people are so close to each other. It's driving me nuts. And I was like, you should just shout six feet just like in the line. Well, I'll circle back off topic really quick and do a tangent, which is that when we went to the movies last week, my friend and I, who is a social worker, she is going to have to work through all of this. Like, she's very aware of how this is like going to affect, you know, whatever. Like, we're not like two idiots that were just like, we need to go to the movies. We were trying to blow a little stress off. She had to cancel an international vacation. It was her birthday. It was like a whole thing. We were trying to cheer ourselves up in our time. Got to do something. Got to do something. And and also we were trying to give some money to Cobble Hill Cinema, which is now going to be closed like forever, probably. Who knows? But anyway, we get in to see Emma, which was fabulous, by the way. And there's like 10 other people in the theater. There were way too many elderly people, like elderly. I'm not even going to say like boomers, like elderly people in there. Everybody's sitting like four or five rows apart, right? It's a small theater. Right as the lights go down, a large adult daughter, our age, like somebody in her 30s, and her adult parents, boomer adult parents, come in and sit down directly in front of us and we're like what are you doing what is up like what's happening don't you have like the whole theater at that point the whole theater it's like people were sitting intentionally so far apart from each other like we had intentionally sat not where we would normally sit in the theater so that we weren't near people and i (laughs) again we were in a different world a week ago i'm not going to defend my accents they were mean but i started cough fake coughing into my arm like really loud fake coughing into my arm and eventually the mom got up and moved and I was like, good. Like for my protection and yours, like out, (laughs) but it was just like, what are you doing? And yeah, I don't know. So my point is with the fancy grocery store, sorry, the fancy grocery store has been mobbed every hour of every day. I have seen people walk in there and be like, what is going on? Like out loud to themselves, which is like, bitch, you know what's going on. Like, come on. They were like mostly fine. And then on, I think Monday morning I went, uh, I don't know what day it was Monday or Tuesday afternoon or morning who knows time is irrelevant now mm. I went to just grab a couple things because we had been pretty well stocked up like I stay with a full freezer because I was you know raised that way my husband had made bread and we have tons of yeast in the house and tons of salt but we were like he made four loaves of bread or three loaves of bread or whatever so like was like, okay, we're going to need to get some like more flour. Like we ran through flour faster than I thought we would. And right. no store in my neighborhood had flour. I'm not talking about they ran out of all purpose flour. They ran out of all the flour, like all the flour, like cake flour, buckwheat flour, rice flour. It was all gone. Like cornmeal, bye, Damn. it was gone. <laughs> yeah. So I cried in the grocery store. <laughs> oh my God. I got really overwhelmed. I started having like a low key panic attack because I was like, this is really bad. But the funniest thing is that before it got really bad, like last Saturday, I think I swung through to grab one or two things, like grab like eggs and milk for the baby. And one of the regular quote unquote grocery stores was only out of bottled water. Has anybody else brought this up yet? Do you, that, why is everybody stocking up on bottled water? No, but I've had that, have had that conversation so many times. Like what is, what do you, why what you is this happening? What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not going to shut the water down. And also, if you're somebody who's so sensitive to tap water, if, which is crazy, in my opinion, um, buy a Brita. Like, I yep. don't know what you're doing wasting your money. And it's bad for the environment. We'll add that, too. But I did do... So this is, like, my version of, like, impulse buys. I, like... Um, I bought uh, Pam. Like, normally, we are not a household that, like, really runs on using, like, Pam as a thing that you cook with. You know, like, spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I was like, so worried about running through butter and oil. I was like, we need to be using Pam when we're like doing like things that we would grease a pan for so that we're not like wasting so much and like, it doesn't go bad and whatever. So that was my, like, I guess that's my splurge. I don't know. That's a really I splurged splurge. on cooking spray. On cooking spray. Um, oh, you know what I splurged on for some God knows why at the regular grocery store, you know, Kerrygold butter, the fancy Irish butter. Yeah. yeah. That's like really good. That shit was two ninety nine at our store the other day. I don't know why it was so cheap, but $2.99 for Kerrygold is, like, really cheap. I bought, like, three things of it. I was like, well, we're going to make all this bread at home. We might as well have, like, really fancy Irish butter. So that's a more fun storage. There you go. Yeah. No, I like I like the cooking spray, though. I think that. Yeah. <laughs> I spurged on I mean, Pam. You know. Yeah. All right. That was my interview with TV. If you want to hear more of TV's voice, and why wouldn't you? She put out a podcast a few years ago called New Amsterdam's Women in the History of New York City, and it's still available wherever you get podcasts. Next up is my chat with previous Anxious AF guest, Melanie Cantaya. We spoke back in season one, and if you'd like to listen to that episode, it's episode six, titled Highly Sensitive AF. Melanie is an actress and author living in Brooklyn with her husband and her daughter. We spoke about living in a cramped apartment, our issues with our current political system, and our mutual love for the show Bob's Burgers. So glad I got to talk to Melanie, and I hope you enjoy listening to this chat. So, uh, talk to me. How are you feeling in all this? Oh, I am, as the title says, anxious AF, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just, like, this was, like, sort of the adjustment week it's um a little background so i live in prospect heights and one of the reasons we chose where we live is because it was you know we had access to some like terrific public space um none of which we can be in right now and i had a you know very routine and and everything else so right now there's like three of us in 700 square feet I just feel like that I should adjust my expectations, say, you know what, all three of us are alive because not one of us has killed each other, and that is a successful week. That's an accomplishment. It is a huge accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, I think part of my anxiety this week is, like, I have a very specific routine, and I have, like, a lot of comfort for that routine. So if I have an audition that day... I will prep at home for my audition and then, you know, go out and everything's geared towards that. But on non-audition days, I like pack my water bottle, pack my lunch, go to the library. That is my co-office space, you know, the library. And like so many of my habits are contingent on like that routine of going to the library to write. And so now I can't be creative. And like every two minutes, my sixth grader is asking me a question. My you know, email is blowing up, you know, just like stuff for her school. And she's asking me all these questions. I have no idea. You know, I don't know the op- order of operations. So like, I don't, so now she knows I don't know anything. <laughs> it's like out there. So like every question she's asked me for school, I've had no answer for. Uh, my husband is a guidance counselor. So he's like reaching out to students and doing outreach and his job all week. So it's like, obviously he has the more important job. And so I haven't, 
been able to do anything. And on top of all of that, I don't know if you're feeling this too. There's like all these people and all their hearts are in the right place. And every, everybody, but me is, is, is comforted by this, but it's just making me more anxious. And that like, they're like my Facebook wall, my email is like inundated with all these free resources to do at home. Do you know what I mean? Like, virtual dance class, virtual this, virtual that. And it's like, I feel like I should be using this time to improve myself in some way. And I feel that anxiety and pressure to do so, or it'll be like, oh, you know, kind of like a personal waste, even though like the whole point of this is not, not for some, like some sort of like sabbatical. The point of this is to not like spread disease, right? Like that's the goal. But like, I feel like th that, I mean, that kind of pressure right now which is making me super anxious but i'm sure it's like a comfort to like everybody else yeah it's like i don't want to do okay i just kind of want to sit around but at the same time it's like you feel this this pressure on yourself at least for me to be productive and to like right. do something or like have a routine like you said like that routine was so comforting to me that i had that i now i'm like i don't want to do those things like virtually that was my whole point of like doing those things was to be in the outside world that's an excellent point. Right. Right. Yeah. That is the whole point. The whole, yeah. Like the whole point of me going to the library is to like work around people, but not interact with them. Or, you know, I do a knit and wine, uh, like a club or whatever meetup and we're doing it virtually, which is great. I miss them, the people, but <laughs> you're right the point was to be with them to be with people you know I, I think that we're wired for that even even the introverts dare I say are, we are social animals even if it's to a very small degree you know to varying degrees but we're still social animals you know it's so funny because we you know I my day job I see the same people every day and mm -hmm. but now we're like doing video chats all the time and like texting and being like as soon as we are able to like go to a restaurant and sit down like we're going we're like we're going to bottomless brunch like we don't even do bottomless brunches but we're gonna do like you know what I mean like we're just like so yeah. we're like starving for that social interaction and I've been saying I wanted a corona boyfriend just someone that I could like that was like you know somehow magically if we have all these tests and then be like, all right, I'm clean. And be like, all right, cool, come to my house. And just like be here as like a person for social interaction. Yeah, see, the funny thing is, is because you are single, whereas I am a married person right. with a child who, and we are a family that intentionally bought a very tiny apartment so we could be in your public space. Yeah. <laughs> and I do not regret that choice because this is not going to be forever. Um but crossing fingers you know, we yeah but we live our lives outside of our house i mean we love our home but like not when we're all in it 24 7 you know and so uh he took my husband took my daughter out to like just go out into the alley where there was no people and no kids to like just bounce the basketball the other day and it was like i had like maybe 20 minutes to myself to like sit on the couch and read a book. And I'm like, Oh, this is what that's like. I even like, do you know what I mean? Like that sensation of just 
in some ways it is making me more grateful for little things like, you know, 20 minutes to yourself to read a book. But so I'm the opposite. I'm actually, I'm craving the routine and my community, like specific people in my community and all of that. But I'm also craving solitude. Like I'm in the shower, like, cause that's my only alone time now. Right. And, And we like each other. We love each other. I I mean, and but like the shower, I come out of the shower like a prune because that's like my only like alone time. That's my only alone space. And I can't even imagine what it's like for people that like have roommates that they're like lukewarm to, not even like that they dislike or, you know. Oh, yeah. I keep hearing I have friends that have roommates that are that, you know, just kind of random people. They're not friends with them or anything. And it's just like they're so tired of each other and they're like gonna like rip the hair out and I was just like yeah I guess I'm fortunate in the fact that I can live alone and not have to deal with anybody else but myself and then well I mean there's good and bad to like each one of those situations but like my situation and your situation because we're both craving like the opposite thing right right but but you know that has to be the worst that's got to be the worst situation you could possibly live or or like a soon-to-be ex-husband or wife situation you know also how how are you so we're in the same same ish industry um Mm -hmm. and so how are you like holding up with like all of productions in new york or really everywhere just kind of shut down have you been were you working steadily before the virus stuff yeah i right before i was actually a little bit nervous and i started self-isolating a little bit earlier than most i feel like most people kind of went into full effect this past week whereas i started the week before um good idea yeah uh just i stopped going to the library then and i was hating it and everything else because i had been on a set and you know there's so many people we're an industry like makeup artist in my face and we we hug you know a lot and and people were you know i was vigilant about washing my hands but it was still kind of ramping up you know? And so I just didn't want to be around people in case I was exposed to someone that past week, but it's like dead. It's almost like a forced vacation, but it's like, usually on vacation, you're like thinking about the pilot season or you're thinking about what's coming up and yeah, there's nothing. It makes me sad though, because there's one thing I really wanted and uh, I that was like my last like in person audition, and I have no idea, you know, if I would have booked it or what the story is. But I did do a commercial right before we went dark, and I'm really grateful that I just have that income coming in. Yeah, and- at least when you're on vacation, it's like you there's an endpoint to it. There's a certainty in terms of like you know when you're gonna come back and get try you know go back out into the world. Right. But now it's like right. when is this over yeah (laughs) i think part of our anxiety and i don't mean to get like political here but like part of the anxiety is like there's like you know we have this like crazy pants president that like is just making stuff up as he goes and goes back and forth and wasn't saying it was a big deal and now it's a big deal and like you know what i mean like you have this person and just like There's no, like, in previous crises, like, even with, like, George W. Bush, who, like, policy-wise, I disagreed with his whole platform. At least after, like, 9-11, there was a decisive voice. He, You know, there was, like, one person talking to people. 
Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like, I'm just, I can't pay attention to what he's saying specifically. Like, I, I just, like, I want to know the news in terms of the progression of where the, you know, where the COVID-19 coronavirus stuff is going. But I'm just like, I know that our president is stupid. And yeah. he's going to say stupid shit. Like, I just don't care. Like, I, we still, we're still stuck with him. And right. I just can't hear any more of his, whatever. He's not providing anything good. But more anxiety because you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Why is he saying that? Yeah. You know, like, you know, I can't help my kid with her, you know, sixth grade science homework. But at least I but I do know what you're saying is false and goes against science, you know. Um, and it's troublesome, you know. I think just like listening to the governor, um, some of our city council people here in New York City have been great with just like emails and this is the situation. These are resources in your community and just like kind of keeping it local has been sort of the best. And so it's like that's the main source of anxiety. My kids school because it's like, you know, teaching is like my husband's an educator and it's a whole job that requires like a master's degree my husband has two and he's still like struggling to help my sixth grader because he's a guidance counselor and he used to teach high school you know world civ like before that so it's not like it's also specialized labor like they specialize in what they're gonna do and so I just feel like now like no one's gonna ask me to go and be a healthcare worker because I'm not qualified well I'm not really qualified to be a teacher either you know (laughs) so that's just like a little stressful. And so that's the second anxiety. And then like my sort of like self-critical anxiety of I should be writing the great American novel. I should be t- self-improvement. I should learn a skill, learn language. And like my inbox with all these free resources and me just being like, uh, you know, I, or I could just watch Bob's Burgers, you know, like. <laughs> that is always a good option. Yeah, I think so. I feel like Bob's Burgers is one of the things that is, like, getting me through. Yeah, and I've been saying, like, I'm only watching shows or consuming media that have low stakes. Just because, like, I don't want to, like, I'm too anxious to, like, worry about, like, a big giant plot point. With Bob's Burgers, it's just, like, they're just, like, it's just so funny. And it's just, like, the stakes are just, like, well, are we going to, is the restaurant going to be open today? Like... (laughs) Right, 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 right. <laughs> what hijinks has Tina gotten into this yeah. week? And I just relate yeah. to Tina so much in her thirst for for a gentleman. Oh, really? Really? I'm a Louise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need more things to stress about in this time, especially. No. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for participating in my Corona-themed bonus Anxious AF episode. <laughs> thank you, Sarah, for having me. Of course. It, it, was, it was something, it was something, it was very exciting to, to talk to someone that didn't live at my house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to separate from the, you know, from the, from the family for a second. So I appreciate for you taking the time. <laughs> and I love that. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to be in the next room. Don't bother me. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, Melody, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Okay. I appreciate you too, Sarah. You take care. You too. That was my conversation with Melanie. 
Follow her on Instagram at Melanie Cantaya or check out her website, MelanieCantaya.com. Also, if you're looking for something to read during all this, Melanie wrote a book called Actor, Writer, Whatever, Essays on My Rise to the Top of the Bottom of the Entertainment Industry. I highly recommend it. Thanks to TV and Melanie for chatting with me. We've released the rest of the interviews in this series, so feel free to listen at your leisure and let us know what you think. You can tell us through Instagram or Facebook at Anxious AF Show. You can also email us at anxiousafshow at gmail.com if you'd like to share your story or be a guest on a future episode. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts, and you can find every episode on our website, anxiousafshow.com. Special thanks to Matt Laurie for helping me produce and market this season, and to Angelique Ibera for editing and mixing this episode, and also to Garrett Rose for the music. You can hear more of his work at garrettrose.com. And hey, I'm Sarah Carlin. Thanks for following me on this ride. Stay safe and sanitized, and we'll see you for the next one.